Please stay tuned after the episode for a review of the live-action Yu Yu Hakusho series on Netflix. You're listening to the Spirit Hunters. Find out about our pod brethren and how to join our now free and public Discord group and support the show at patreon.com slash spirithunterpod. And welcome to the Spirit Hunters. This is Sarah. Patrick. Anna. And Joe. Woo woo. <laughs> and we were joined by our friend Holly to start the 13th Hunter Chairman arc. We watched as a group of Zodiacs that are even more dysfunctional than the Soma family from Fruits Basket argue over local politics. And this week, um, keep at it at the election process in the hot mess, while it's there's also a Zoltakian 2.0. I was going to say we got electoral politics and family politics, so you know it's going to be explosive. This, this, the battlefield's about to explode. Oh, man. Did any of you guys have any weird uh, Thanksgiving experiences regarding politics? I... I I somehow didn't. So, did you guys? No, luckily no. not, because you did not, not see our uh, <laughs> our uncle this year. So, <laughs> I got roasted for being short. Apparently, I thought I was five seven, but apparently I'm five six. Oh, so that was roast uh... you on that. Yeah, I don't know why they're roasting you for that, but yeah, that was, it was kind of weird. I did not expect it to be like, and they they like whipped out a tape measure. I'm like, what the fuck? What the why fuck? do you have this on? Why do you have this with you? So yeah, that was a uh, was fun. So yeah, uh, I guess I'm a hashtag short king now. So we all love short kings here. Short so. king baby. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. Besides that, no, we didn't have any holiday discussion. Uh, uh, my dad ended up blow up about seeing Joe Biden on on the TV screen at the Macy's Day Parade again. So that was good. Yo, what did he think about Goku? What did he think about a uh, Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan Goku being there? Uh, he was more upset that Luffy's hat deflated. Oh, uh, like, you mean he got his sick bucket hat? <laughs> yeah, he he was like screaming, like they did Luffy a disservice. They got rid of his hat. How do you do that? He's like anarchist king. Exactly. Yeah, he, he's he's a really big One Piece fan. He's read like half the manga and watched the anime. Wow. Big damn. hashtag. Hashtag dad one piece things. Yeah, all right. So tell us a little bit about the first episode of two. Alrighty, the first episode. We're covering episode 138, Request and Wish. Onadare to Onagai. Originally released in Japan on July 16th, 2014, and the equivalent manga chapters are 321 and 322, which were released in Japan on October 24th, 2011. Happy week before spooky day, Japan. Well, before we get into the meat of the episode, uh, we actually have a somewhat um, delayed segment we meant to do previously where uh, Sarah, who, as we've talked about before, is the only person who has not seen all the way through, is going to talk about the uh, new opening and ending. Ah, so I do really love the new opening and ending. It's like the same song that they used before. I think it's probably my favorite song just because I feel like it, it fits the overall vibe of the show. And I notice it with the other arcs too, is that they adjust um, each character own based off uh, the arc it is. So, um, seeing like Nutaro show up, 
playing gradually all the different Zodiac members, and there's a lot of Jing in there, and also showing um, Kila's family, the sister that we'll get into today. So I was like, oh, wait, who's this? And now I know the episodes that we're going to cover. So I really like it. I feel like it's a lot of fun. I hope they use that song every single time because I feel like it's a banger. <laughs> it's a good verse. I know they have like like three or four different verses in the actual Departure song. I think they just cut to each one. But I do like this verse a lot, though. Yeah, they're, they're all slightly different. Mm, that's good to know. Like the English the English phrases they say are actually different per verse. Oh, really? Ooh. Yeah, they're like, you can smile again, you can go away. Mm. And then, so for this one, what would it be? Uh, I don't remember what's said in this one. You can die, I think it is. <laughs> it is not, you can die. <laughs> you can die away. Well, I was going to say the ending of this one's kind of interesting because it's very uh, no frills. Like, I like it, but it's like the lowest, like the least happens in it of any opening or ending of a show. <laughs> just a bunch of yeah. them just standing on like a mirror lake. Um, it reminds me of either like a R&B uh, music video or like a K-pop music video <laughs> in some ways. It definitely gives K-pop vibes though. Yeah. I was going to say, even the slowest, m most like ponderous Yu Yu Hakusho endings still had more emotion than this. Yeah. I mean, visually looked very cool, all of them in suits, um, and then having, like, the portal for them together. Uh, I thought that's a really nice, cute touch. Um, but, yeah, I think overall it, it feels a little bit low effort. Yeah, I, I still like it, but, yeah, no, I just wanted to bring out that it's a little bit uncharacteristic compared to the others. Yeah. Do you know, what the, do you know what's an interesting fact about the song in Sarah, though? Mm -hmm. What is it? Oh, yeah. Did you notice what song it was? No. It's it's Hyori Itai again. It's just the second oh. half. It's just another verse part of it. It's a different verse, oh. yeah. Okay, then the one that was before. Uh... Yeah, it is pretty cool. They hide it so well. I didn't actually notice it until I listened to the full version. I'm like, why did they stitch both of these songs together? I thought it was like, oh, it's like one of those, you know, the, the anime AMV things where they put two songs together fade into another one. I thought it was one of those, but it's like I looked on like I think, I think it was like Spotify. It's like, wait, this actually is the song. Holy shit! Yeah, because I was hella yeah. confused. I was like, why am I hearing the the Chimera Anarch and this one? What what song is it? It's like, if you guys haven't, you should see the official music video because it, it has nothing to do with Hunter, but it's great because you know it's based on the same themes of the idea of like two sides of the same coin. So mm. it's a good one. You should definitely check it out. It is actually pretty cool. I like that one. Yeah, um, but uh, now for uh, <laughs> the long-awaited synopsis. Um, I wrote this pretty quick, so let's see how it flows. Um, but with a turnout below the required 95%, the second vote of the 13th Hunter Chairman election uh, has failed, triggering a reset. Parison attempts to take advantage of the frustration by proposing a license suspension program for those who don't turn out. Of course, he suggests that failing to legitimately vote is in direct opposition to Netero's wishes which, you know, pisses off most of the Zodiacs, including Kanzai, who moves to attack Pariston, but then the sheep, snake, and monkey all block him. I do, I do kind of like how the one, I think it was the monkey, had, like, the baseball uniform. No, I think that's, that's, that's the tiger. Sorry, so the, the monkey tiger. is dressed up as Sun Wukong. Okay, yeah, so the, I meant the tiger, yeah. I love how he's, like, just, like, literally just, like, the tiger from a baseball team. It's like, okay. 
Yeah, no, we 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 brought it up uh, previously, but it's the tiger from the um, Hunshin Tigers, who are a uh, baseball team that uh, Togashi supports. That's kind of funny. Yeah, it's it's kind of great. Um, but Periston underlines his point by questioning Cheadle's motivations as the leader of the Netero faction of the uh, of the Hunters, and suggests that coercion wouldn't be such a bad thing to get the vote out. And keep in mind that like if more votes are counted and these go in. Like, he effectively automatically wins or gets near it. So, like, basically, he wants to just ensure that there's less votes. Typical <laughs> politics. Oh, yeah. He's a master of gerrymandering. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I was planning on doing a whole research piece today on um, sort of, like, the game theory regarding uh, elections and how people are able to manipulate them. But uh, with it being winter, I got depressed, so I didn't. Uh, you know, maybe I will at a later date. But the chances are pretty low because it's not really relevant later. So, uh, follow up. Cheadle's internal monologue reveals that Netero chose an asshole like Periston as vice chairman because he loved the competition of, you know, Periston just like being there to and like him having to keep him in check. Because Netero, if, if nothing else, was an incredibly competitive man and just loved having him around. Please go ahead. I was thinking just like a, you keep your, your friends, companions close for your enemies closer kind of situation. It's definitely one of those situations. Like, you'll find out more, but um, Jing and Periston are both people who just love competing and, like, also just, it's the best. I love the two of them. The, th the, thing, the thing I like about Jing, though, he has the personality of, like, I don't care if I lose and everything dies. I just want to have fun while doing it. It's like, I will screw everything over almost. Um, I think the three of them do in different ways. Yeah, I, I just think it's, it's kind of funny. He just has the person like, I just want to have fun with it. It's like, whatever happens. Yeah. Kind of but, weird um, with that. In a, in a little bit of a uh, sort of transition, Sequant, a hunter we haven't seen since the, you know, 20th-ish episode, uh, is on the phone with the, his place of employment, a.k.a. the Zoldic Mansion. He tells them Kilo is back precisely because of what has happened to Gon uh, in the course of, like, the Chimera saga. Uh, so, cut to Kilua speaking with his father in the throne room, saying that he needs to use Alika's help. Silva's responds by, uh, Silva responds by saying, No one alive can control Alika. That entity isn't human. Don't ever think of it as family. Alika is from another place. Quote-unquote, the darkness. You know, Alika believes in a thing called love. Yeah, what, what did Sequan actually do? I, I keep forgetting, like, what... Like, did he do anything? Oh, was he just rescued in the... In the uh... And and the the testing door thing. No, he's one of the he is one of the people who couldn't make it into the mansion, who became a butler, but was like a full on hunter, and so he was just like even hunters are kind of like low ranks in the Zoldic uh, household. Interesting. It's like that's a requirement. It's like you need to be a hunter to be able to work as a butler. It's not a requirement, but like it was just kind of giving you know sort of power scaling. Okay. Um. So yeah. Uh, from there, Kiwa convinces his dad to let him see Alika by invoking the Blood Brother ritual they did. You know, I, I've i been listening to some of the old episodes, and I mentioned how uh, Kiwa and Silva become Blood Brothers, which kind of is pointless because they're, like, actual relatives. Yeah, I mean, doesn't he literally share his blood? Like, not yeah. literally, but quite literally. Yeah, and so they, they invoke the old Blood Brother ritual again for whatever reason, but that's... I, I think... He also mentions to Silva the idea of, like, Silva made him make that promise of, you know, um, 
if you ever betray, like, don't ever betray your friends. And, like, so Kilo is saying, like, if I were to not act, I would be betraying my friends. And we can talk about how the original point of Silva saying that was to get Kilo to betray his friends in order to get him to come back into the domain of the Zoldix. But it actually kind of backfired because Kilo is basically holding him to it. Yeah, Kilo's kind of crafty in that way. I think oh. my favorite part of this whole scene is the doggy the entire time. Yeah, at first I thought it was Mike, but then like just looking at it, they do not have the same hair. So like it's another dog. It's kind of funny. It's it's like you think it's like it's like a giant beast that could probably kill a regular man like quite easily, but it's like to them it's like just like a giant pit bull. It's like yeah. oh, down down boy to down be fair, boy. A pit bull can also a pit bull can also kill a man pretty easily. Actually, it's yeah, that's probably a bad comparison because they could probably easily kill that dog without even trying. They're like okay. a Helen type figure. <laughs> kind of no but um i also think it's definitely supposed to be like a hades type imagery of like this is like kerberos and you know silva is the hades of his realm oh okay i never thought of it that way i think so i i'm not gonna like bet on it but i could i could see it going that way you know and like that, I, I that has it. parallels in like indian and buddhist mythology too no i definitely see it i just didn't think of it as oh that's kind of cool actually yeah, and sorry, just to be clear, Kerberos, Cerberus, same thing, you know, that that thing, slash Karbala, gotcha. same, same hound. Carblanche, I know what you mean. No, Karbala is the Hindu version, uh, uh, because it's ultimately related to Kerberos. Um, but anyways, uh, so the show goes through a series of flashbacks and rules explanations, you know, very Togashi, to demonstrate the nature and consequences of Alaka's powers. Uh, with the phrase, if I grant you a wish, my eyes will turn white. After three demands, my eyes will turn black. Uh, also, if four requests are denied, people still die. So, you know, before we get into all the details of this, like, what were your guys' thoughts on this? Because this is clearly an incredibly complicated thing that, like, I don't think there's, like, a deeper meaning to, but it is interesting how they, like, set it up as this, like, mystery to be solved and the different ways the Zoldix sort of approach it. Well, I thought it was mega fucked the way that it works. I mean, definitely. It's like you guys are familiar with the story of the monkey's paw, right? Not yeah. Really. Um, Patrick, you said you are. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you remember. Basically, I mean, most of it's what I learned from The Simpsons. But essentially, the monkey's paw is it grants your wish, but it also comes at a cost. Like, oh. say for example, oh, you get a million dollars, but at that turn, the that thing is like, oh, it's a million dollars from a bank vault, and now you're a criminal because you have millions of dollars of criminal money that you can't spend because you're going to be track you down and, and accuse you of robbing the bank and throw you in jail. So it's yeah, one of it, those things. It's kind of like that, but it's less ironic in its, uh, in how it gives you things. So it's a lot more like, um, a philosopher's stone. It's just like, Hey, we just have to kill a ton of people to get this. Right. Okay. I, I guess the Simpsons did it kind of differently than I just thought it was like, no, no, no. I'm saying no, no, you're thing. right about the monkey's paw. I'm saying more like, uh, Alika's powers are more like the philosopher's stone. And I realized it a little bit after having said that. It's kind of more like, it kind of reminds me of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, and they literally said it's like law of equivalent exchange. Yeah, kinda. they said something similar to that, yeah. Yeah, because like as you, I guess the concept is as you wish bigger and bigger, the request from Al Aloka that you need, or, you need to fulfill or die horrendously gets bigger and bigger. So yeah. I mean, at first it's like, oh, uppies, one uppies. And it's like, give me your liver, give me your brain. <laughs> Yeah, we'll we'll talk more about uh, sort of the mechanics of that in the second episode. But uh, what's interesting is that Alka assents to many requests by saying K in English 
and much more tellingly says I instead of hi, Japanese for yes, in a detail that won't matter until after the anime ends, but it's a big detail. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Patrick, you want to cover the manga notes before we kind of go over uh, like what generally happened here? Sure, sure. Um, so I just uh, the first panel is just the just the uh, no, that's the second panel. The first panel it actually shows the results of the poll in more detail. I mean, I know it showed like a little half of them holding the paper, but this one kind of goes down the list, and I think they do better a better job at doing this and later on. But like they show like all the the people like you know more in Periston, Cheadle, Ikshanpi, uh, sure, uh, all these other people, blah blah. blah. Uh, Tezgera's on the list. That's kind of cool. Nav, Kites, uh, Sayu, Gon, and Hanzo are down there. Uh, I wonder who voted for those two. That's kind of funny. But uh, yeah, it's just a cool little detail. I, I like looking at the list and seeing, like, it breaking it down a little bit more clearer in case it kind of was kind of weird in the manga or in the anime. Uh, in the manga, there's another panel, just, uh, just him and the dog. He's like, let me see Aluka. But it's just like the doggy and like this. This is really honestly maybe it was just me, but did his does his room look more HG got H was it HG Giger HR HR, HR Giger HR Geiger in the in the manga compared to the anime? Oh Giger, I guess. But uh yeah, in the manga it definitely does. Yeah, Togashi, as we've covered in previous episodes, big Geiger fan. You can see because there's definitely uh something that looks like a root and a penis uh coming out of the ground. Yeah, big big uh big Geiger energy right there. Yeah, big big extends. Big extends Exten energy. Extends, yeah. <laughs> My favorite. But yeah, uh the next panel uh shows the crushing in the manga. Uh the crush like the person wishing and getting crushed. And it kinda looks like they go in the anime, it seems like it just they fold in on themselves and explode while in the manga it looks more like they're like in a void pocket, like a black hole. And just get like squished by like getting sucked into it. It's kind yeah, of it's weird. like a singularity just pulling them into just like two dimensional space in a way that just rips their body apart. Yeah, it looks a little bit less violent in the in the comic though. Maybe like it looks like they made it more bloody in the anime, but maybe I missed a panel. But it kind of looks kind of I'm a little bit more cleaner, I guess. Oh, that was it for me. I was going to say, in the anime, I think they make it seem like you're being wrung out like a towel wall in the manga. They're like, you are being crushed into, like, an infinitely thin space. Yeah, so I'm not sure which one I'd, I'd prefer. Probably the crushed into one space. Hopefully that the one that she got crushed like that, just the brains destroyed itself. And she was kind of out by that point, but... Uh, yeah, pretty violent way to go. Um, lesson learned, don't talk to Alika. Uh, the next... The, the next one's kind of interesting. So uh, they basically, when they said, oh, uh, her powers are probably limitless, it, uh, it has this like cool Ouroboros infinite, infinity design, which I'm a huge fan of. So these you don't know, like Ouroboros, it's the sort of the snake head eating, eating its own tail. Yes. I guess that's Except another... here there are two snakes as if to invoke like yin and yang. Yeah, and it's to make like the little infinity symbol. So it's kind of clever. I I like it. I I'm a big fan of Ouroboros. I'm a big Ouroboros fan. So I guess I think I know why this wasn't included in the anime because this symbol comes back, like the infinity symbol comes back in the manga in a place they probably wouldn't have gotten to yet. Mm. Oh okay. But yeah, cool little symbol. Uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna make it a tattoo of that. That's kind of cool. Uh, but anyways, the next one is a uh, kind of a cool reference. I don't think they show this in the anime, but uh. 
that when they're showing that the uh, it's like oh you were pretty sure she can do anything, it has her pull out a death note. Uh, okay, and... it's not her. I'm pretty sure that's Doraemon. So I think this is a double reference. I think this is Doraemon holding a death note. Yeah, it's like, like it's, it's basically like, like yeah. pixelated square Doraemon. Yeah, so I thought that was kind of funny. I th- I think Death Note was Aaron around the time it uh, released because I think what the, the no because oh no October twenty fourth twenty eleven. So it was a little bit after Death Note was done airing and yeah, showing Japan. So it could be a Death Note reference directly. Yeah, it's just a little thing. Probably I mean, just, it definitely is. What yeah. am I talking about? Yes. But yeah, uh, and the next one uh, just talks about this the infinite the equivalent exchange, and I just uh, put put big FMAB fanboy energy. Nice. But it's really cool. I, I honestly do like the reference, and it does... Honestly, it does actually fit. Like, it makes sense. So mm-hmm. I, I like the uh, the analogy of Full Malcolmist Equivalent Exchange kind of... Kind of works kind of the same, honestly. I don't know if... Uh, I, I don't know. It seems a bit different, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. I just meant more like the idea of proportionality. Yeah, so it it definitely is pretty close. I think it's very... Very, very Full, full Malcolmist. Full Metal Alchemist esque, and I definitely picked up a lot. But it was really cool. I I like the little chapters here, holding through three demands like these giant, like wrecking balls. That's kind of cool, cute. But uh, yeah, that's all I could find in the the manga chapters. There's one more change in the next one, but it kind of spoils the next one. So we'll wait until we get to that part. But it is kind of kind of interesting. Uh, but yeah, that's about it for the manga differences. Um. I guess rate those deaths, right? Are we Oh, uh no, let's let's actually talk about like people's thoughts and then we'll rate those deaths. Okay, that that's fair. Yeah, what 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 do you guys think? I mean, I think it's definitely an interesting setup. Oh yeah. Um I mean, I would just hate to be Alika's babysitter like <laughs> I feel like oh god, please I would quit. <laughs> it's like, understandable. Especially after um the first uh servant what's her name mitsuba i feel like <laughs> i feel like after hearing what happened to her i'd be like i'd be bouncing so but, hey um, hannah can i have can i have your liver uh what about your brain you... i'm just joking <laughs> oh <God. laughs> like, how do you respond to that especially a little kid i know like with her eyes turning black you're like uh <laughs> I, I think there's an out, but I want to talk about it. I want to talk about it when we get to the next chapter, or the next uh, yeah. the next section, because there is a there is something that I thought of seeing a panel there. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of the big things that I I was thinking about it, and because I was I was like thinking this is probably the best way they could have gotten an out for why don't they just go go over and like oh yeah kill Merriam and all the ants, but then mm-hmm. I realized yeah that's gonna be like like they explain why they can't, but it's like. Oh, that'd yeah, that be would the cost big... so much human life. Yeah, that that would yeah. be like that'd be like you're gonna have to wipe out a small country to be able to equate that because of just the whole demand. And I, I do like how they have that equivalent exchange and that sort of even with gone. Honestly, I never even thought about it, but it's kind of a cool analogy. It's a good good analogy to the or a good mechanic of the Nen in action, where it's like it kind of is the same thing with gone, where it's like everything that that Nen requires, it's like there's a huge demand behind it or a huge request, like you know. Gone's like I want all the nin I could possibly ever use in my life. I versus, forget you know. if Nanika's powers are accredited to Nen, or are you just referring to what Gon had to do? 
what gun had to do i know oh, it's okay. like that it's, it's like the, the mechanic is different but it's kind of like it works in that same realm oh yeah the idea of like needing to pay a price yeah yeah and that's and what i like about then is that you need you need to pay the piper to be able to get what you need out of it if you really want to like abuse it or if you have a super op ability there's a massive cost to it that's like almost not even worth using it for sure like to the point where like hey this mechanic should only really be used for miracles mm -hmm. pretty much it's like you're it's like the last ditch effort where it's like it needs to be something that's i guess it, it's important but it's not like you know like the cost of it and, and you know there might be a way around it actually Honestly, I legit forgot if there is a way around it. Like, my brain threw that out, so I'm relearning it. So I don't know if there actually is really a way around it. I could have sworn there, there might have been that I remember, but I actually don't know if that's true or not. We'll so talk. So what and see. We'll talk. There def is, but uh, we'll, we'll talk more. Um, Hannah, Sarah, what do, you, what do you guys think? Um, I think other than, you know, like the joking with, like, uh not knowing how to respond to Aluka's, like, requests. I think it's just an interesting concept. When I first watched it, all I could think was, like, how is this possible? Um, like, is this, like, a magic situation? Because this is not, like, at least in terms of context of Hunter Hunter with Nen, how could that logically work? I don't know, especially like with the money thing that came down. And so I thought it was really interesting. I like felt equal parts bad for Alika while also <laughs> I was like scared of her. Like, oh my God, especially cause she's so cute, you know? But then her little face when like her eyes turn black and stuff, I would be, I'd be running. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely understandable. I'd be like, hell no. Yeah, Fuck them kids. It's a very brood witch scenario. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's like, wait, how did you survive the wish? Yeah. It's like I don't like sun dried tomatoes. It's like, but they're required on the sandwich. You cannot take it apart. God damn it! <laughs> Give her an iPad and hope for the best. Oh my god! Just imagine her I, as an iPad kid. Yeah, I was just thinking like this is a the type of like iPad kid that one on tiktok is talking about that's like an absolute <laughs> terror <laughs> oh god imagine imagine she gets in a messaging app and just like it's like starts asking demands of people like hey can you send me this can you send me that it's like what do you want and it's like she just starts killing people that way it's like oh god <laughs> what you're saying is that she actually uh records over an old vhs of pootie tang and puts it into <laughs> the circuit like <laughs> a blockbuster and it just goes out from there it's it's been killing ever since. Yep. But yeah, it's it's just kind of it's just kind of funny because I don't think her powers. I mean, I think there's certain limits of it, but I I think technically she could do it remotely like that. Like I don't think there was ever any stipulation so far that that she need to make she need to make the wish in person. Um, but I could be wrong. Oh, you mean needs to do the mm -hmm. thing that she does in person? Yeah, I don't know for the most part if everything she needs to do in person. So she could, I don't know what the range is, but she doesn't necessarily need to touch it. Like, touch and range become more of a topic in the next episode. Yeah, so I'm actually not sure if, if it would even be possible if uh, it work remotely. I mean, that just sounds like more more servants that the Zoldux need to throw at her to figure that out. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about that in the next episode. Um. Yeah, uh, do you guys have any more thoughts before we go on to rate those deaths? Mm -mm. 
Okay, uh, so we have a bunch of crushed butlers, I guess. No one else really died, right? Was it only, yeah. like, two butlers right now? I don't think there was I any... I think it's other... only two butlers right now. So, you know, which... Like, let's go with the only one we saw, because the other one we only saw the remnants of. Um, how, do you, how do you guys think this death? I think it's like a... I don't know. Like, I think... The, the, I mean, the, the significance of the death is, is pretty low, but the death itself is pretty, pretty terrifying. damn... Pretty terrifying. Mm -hmm. Like, honestly, like, I'd rate the death itself as a 10, because, oh, my God, I that's... If there's one way I don't want to go out... It's wherever the fuck that was, but also six yeah. to be, uh, based off of the personality because it's like some random butler and some other dude. So it's like it's not as emotionally. So I'll, I'll even out like a, a seven or eight. Probably. Uh, I, I can see that. I, I think I'm also in the seven range because it's like, yeah, this is kind of a nothing character, but it's explaining a mystery and also just like is terrifying. Oh, yeah. Um, mm. I'm looking at a gif. <laughs> Oh god, why would you do that? <laughs> Only because I can remember again, and now I'm like, it, I feel like they put most of the yeah, this episode's budget into that scene <laughs> because it's extremely well done for a, a minor character death scene. It's it's like that one meme. It's like it's like it's just Lion King. You don't have to go so hard at the soundtrack. It's just like the piano on fire. <laughs> Yeah, I think oh, 7.5 yeah. for me because I felt like the character itself was insignificant, but the death, how it happened, is just so active and uh, really putting into anyone watching it how horrifying it is. Because I think one thing that I never really thought before until I watched this, just I think the reaction that you have to that sort of death by can almost, because I think most people think, well, like if, if they die, like a blood. The, uh, things are going out, you know, like exploding. Like the opposite, where it's like it basically became like a compressed to like just a bloody line in the air. Like how that, it's how that, for some reason game. that just, yeah, it, 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 it just, that, that just seems like 10 times worse than implode. Yeah. But yeah, I just thought, yeah, I don't know what I'd rather, like, honestly, oh man, I, the only thing I'd hope for is that, that implosion of her head at first crush her skull into her brain to the point where it, it severed any like knowledge like you know the implosion thing on the sub i hope it was like that and not her aware of that mm. happening because that would be awfully horrific so because of the stepwise way in which it happened it kind of looks like she was conscious briefly jesus yeah no Ooh. just just have me explode no thank you no thank you yeah. Well, with that, uh, before we thank anyone else, let's thank our patrons who helped make this show possible. Uh, you know, if you guys want to take turns saying this, I'll go first. First, we have Lucas. Mia. Him. Valtteri. Arthur. Anyways, and now a word from our other compatriots and benefactors. I'm Lawson Leon. I'm Benel Jamosin. We're the new co-hosts of the Ballin' Out Super podcast. And the old co-host of the Talking Naruto podcast. Well, I wouldn't say that we're old exactly, Benel. We've been doing it for five years. It's old enough. Uh, where have our lives gone? Watching Naruto films. All of them. And recapping them in full. And as we head to the end of Naruto Shippuden, we're starting the beginning of Dragon Ball. That's right, Benel. Now you and I are the hosts of the Ballin' Out Super podcast, where we're recapping the best part of Dragon Ball. Original Dragon Ball. From the beginning. With special guests. 
Our podcast is available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to Talking Naruto Shippuden. And now, calling out Super! everybody, my name's Tegan Somerset. I'm Rocky Hardy. And I'm Brian Cartwright. And we are Impossible Coin, a podcast about video games. Join us every other week as we discuss gaming news. Did you know he tried to smuggle $100,000 across the Canadian border? Genre differences. Sometimes it's your turn to press the button, and sometimes it's your turn to block. And deep lore. I have spent so long on this, Brian, you can't do this to me. We will sell you nothing and solve none of your problems, but we sure are fun. Impossible Coin. A podcast about video games. See you on Thursdays. Thursdays? <laughs> All right, we're back with episode 139. Aluka and something, or in Japanese, Aluka to nane, Nanika. Um, it was originally released in Japan on July 23rd, 2014. The equivalent manga chapters are... 323 and 324, which were released in Japan on November 7th, 2011. Happy, happy almost 10th birthday, Halo 2. What? Happy birthday! Yeah, Wait, Halo... what, when did Halo 2 come out? November 9th, 2004, baby. I didn't know that. Why Why do you know that? Because because a guy came out on stage with a tattoo of the release date. Oh, yeah, was that, was that Peter Moore or whatever? I forgot who it was. There was somebody. But wow. yeah... I remember that. I think it was a fake tattoo. It was like a temp tattoo. But that'd be really funny if you actually got a, like, a legit-ass tattoo. But I remember like being so hyped for that. I was like, I am ready. And I like got that game and played the hell out of it. Did you get that tattoo, though? No, unfortunately. You're a fucking fake fan. Get the fuck out of here. Anyways. Fake-ass Halo fan, baby. <laughs> but anyways, I, I just want to say that something funny that I was looking away when, when Hannah was saying the intro. And I thought she was like, Aluka and something like like actually just saying like she like she forgot. <laughs> I, that I was wouldn't like, be wrong. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was I was like uh oh uh we need to redo that. Oh wait no that's the episode name I'm dumb. Yeah, this episode title works a lot better in Japanese where it's more obvious that like the name Nanika literally just means something. Gotcha, but yeah, I just thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, the Zoldics are revealed to have done a series of tests to determine rules, conditions, effects, and proportional consequences by getting tourists, butlers, and others killed. I don't know. If, maybe it was just me, Joe, but, like, like that whole experiment had so much, like, uh, Dr. E... Sorry, uh, Dr. Weird vibes to it. It's like, it's like, ask her five questions. No, it... You know, like, those riddles where it's just, like... <laughs> you have to figure out who has mud on their head. Do you know, do you know what I'm talking about? No. It's just like, hey, you're in a group of people and none of you can look in a certain direction and you have to figure out who has mud on their head and you have to like intuit these rules about the ways people can like try to determine things about them based on how many people they can see. And it was like they were doing that. So they're basically just doing riddle experiments to figure out the rules of the like to figure out the rules of uh you know how Alika, of how Nanika's powers work. Like have you guys played um The Green Glass Door? No, unfortunately. <laughs> So it's this game where someone says, like, uh, you know, like, what can you bring through the green glass door? I, bring, I try to bring this through the green glass door, and someone tries to tell you if you can or not. And the point of the game is to try to figure out the rules about what can be brought through the door or not. And it's all about experimentation. I forget what the actual end rule typically is. 
but um, it was a lot of that. So they're basically doing the scientific method on riddles. Yeah, so it's kind of interesting because uh, I know later in the episode that uh, Elika does a thing where it's like it's like it's like die it's like die I want you to die Killua, and just shoots and just shoots her with the fingers, and then he has his head pop on show it's a prank. And I was thinking during that part where it's like let me have your brain, let me have your liver. It's like it's like I wonder if technically you could have been like okay hold on and you got a brain because technically it is you are in possession of the brain and you gave her your your brain per se so i wonder if that would technically get around the rules of that and i wonder if they tried to experiment with that i don't know if it's so literal or not i mean we'll we'll never find out because they don't really get into that but i i think it's much less about the words and much more about the meaning yeah i'm as curious if you could just like technically technically trick her that way it's like i want your brain okay here's a here's my brain here's a brain that i own yeah i wonder if you could like i just really want to see if that would that would trick the system, like, you know, the, the wording of it. But like I said, maybe it might just be, like you said, it might be, okay, it's literally your brain in your side of your head. That's what it means. And if it's not, then Aloka will insta-kill you. Yeah, like, so you know, you know, um, like, the expression his thing or his own thing? Like, how we have that distinction in English to, like, make a a specific distinction between things that people own versus things that are of them? yeah. So that is much more commonly used in romance languages. Like you see it a lot in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wondering if a similar distinction exists in Japanese or not. Um, that being said, I don't think it's invoked here. I think we're just playing word games. I see. Yeah. So it might just be like she literally asked for the brain inside of their head. Basically. Yeah. But I, I don't know enough about the mechanics of Japanese. I wish Megan was here. But anyways, uh, they show a vignette about a butler whose biological mother... Okay, this was this was another, like, wow, you guys are really just setting up a uh, logic puzzle word game, like, riddle right now. <laughs> They're like, we show a vignette about a butler whose biological mother she loved, but had been out of regular contact with, who had a new lover, to demonstrate the incredibly Byzantine rules of, like, yeah, it kills the person you love the most, and then after that, <laughs> the people you've spent the most time with... And because it, and it, it's it's not like oh the second most loved person goes next it's literally jumps directly to the new rule, so it's just like wow this is uh really confusing. It sounds sounds like a regular program and programming class you have to do, where it's like go through the list of recent no it has uh, recent loved ones no it has the recent loved ones in the list that's sorted out. It's like, yeah no for for sure and there's a lot more programming shit that comes in later where I was just like you guys are really doing this huh. Tagashi took a, took an intro to pro, intro to computer science and was like, you know what? Let me let me put this in my manga. It's cool as shit. Yeah, maybe. Um, but back at the Hunter headquarters, yeah. there's another invalid vote cast and more drama involving Periston proposing speeches. Uh, so then back to the Zoldics, where Kilo explains there are extra rules to Alika's powers, and that the black-eyed form is quote unquote Nanika, which roughly translates to something in English. Um, after further buildup, Kilo makes a request to Nanika that has an if-then condition, a demand oh, to kill their mother if he's not off the mountain in 30 minutes, with the alternative being a cheek kiss. Miliki then intuits that the wish granted can be a choice, and if that's the case, there are different conditions. Oh shit, what about, what about the, if he does an inc- a recursive function? You know, we could really get into some discussion here about the like how you know, human language is technically recursive, but we we really don't need to get in. Man, 
Just imagine a nightmare world in which Togashi had studied theoretical computer science. We These books would be unreadable. I would read them, but no one else should. It'd be, it'd be funny. It's, it's like Killua discovers how to do a four loop with a Luca. Okay, <laughs> that would like... not be hard. Yo, okay, Killua literally programmed his brain using, like, electrical signals to respond at faster than human speed. So he has already done an incredible programming feat. And he's doing analog computing because he didn't digitize that. That's like purely analog circuits. Yeah, it's like Zam. This guy's a uh, this guy's literally literally doing circuits one on one in his brain. That sounds dude. Really that is not unsafe. circuits one on one. He is he has established something that is a, a much better robotics platform than anyone has made using digital circuits. So crazy, Zam. But yeah, no, I think it's it, it was super interesting. I just love I just love that whole mechanic thing. <laughs> They're like they can do if statements though. Oh shit. Yeah, no, I, I do like that, though, because, like, it's it's kind of interesting, the idea of, like, oh, but what if instead of a demand, it's a choice? And, like, you know, not, not a choice so much as just, like, a conditional. And I think that's kind of interesting, just, like, hey, what if you treat this creature as a person? Nah, that doesn't sound right. But, yeah, it's 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 super interesting, and it's just, like, uh, it's, like, just the stipulations. I just love the mother's reaction, though, though, to it. Oh, yeah, tell us more. I forgot to write that down, actually. So the mom's like, oh, my, how could you, Killua? And it's like, she's crying. It's like, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. You truly become a man. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, this goes back, this goes back to, like, just like the, 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 the what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Just back to the first, like, like the second, second arc where it's like, oh, Killua stat or like, no, it was a Killua stabbed me and ran away. I'm so proud of him. Oh, yeah. We talked about how they're basically the Adams family. Pretty much. I'm pretty sure we made the joke, too. Oh, yeah. I, I think we sang the Zoldic family at some point, too. Yeah, I just, uh, it's just really hilarious. I love... I, I just love the mom. It's just so funny. <laughs> just how weird a kid she is. But, yeah, it's, uh, but yeah uh, if you want to continue on, I think pretty much, uh, pretty much they're just like... The dad's like, "What the fuck? You're an asshole!" And like, Milky's like, "Wow, he's lying about him and like getting all salty." And they pretty much just start letting him out of the mountain at that point, right? Yep. And then the episode ends with the revelation that one, Silva had Ilumi place the needle in Kilo's brain, and it's most likely to forget Nanika. And two, Nanika had to touch her target to heal them, uh, necessitating the next couple episodes because uh, we got to bring Nanika to gone. So, Patrick, tell us a little bit about the manga differences before we digest this. Already, so uh, this one is just more funny than funny than a difference. But it's like when the panel's like, and two more, two more uh, people when Maluki asked for some cheap toys, sacrificing a couple of tourists. So I was imagining like two people living their life, you know, just like, oh, hey, living all their life, you know, their, their best life, go to college, you know adventure you know live their life have relatives and it's all suddenly they come across this ch chunky kid that that wants to like trick you to touching this girl just so he can get some toys okay so fun story it's not even toys like in a literal sense because like they talked about it earlier that it was like the top of the line computer of the time yeah and so it's like someone during like the bitcoin boom being like hey i need to use this cursed power to get a 1080 <laughs> oh my god yeah pretty much and it's like just imagine crushing and killing people's. Well, no, he technically he. 
I don't think he killed them. I think he used one of them and probably just killed them afterwards, but then used another one to to like offset the demands, I think. Is that what he's implying or uh I think I think they were killed to offset the demands, yeah. Oh no, no, I know what happened. So he probably made the wish and then he had her talk to them and have the unreasonable demands and have them killed. Yeah. That's probably I, I what he so, did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sorry, I was confused. I was trying to figure out how he did that. Okay. So then um uh the uh so so with the Maluki uh having the wish, it's like I wanna be the girls, I wanna be a millionaire and Maluki has this like in the an in the anime the dress the, the shirt is kinda like less weavish, but in the manga it's really, really weavish. It's like, you know, the so the gremlin looking character. Yeah, he's wearing a shirt that you would see someone wear in like Akihabara or something. Mm-hmm. It honestly it's styling a bit. I, I'm 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 liking the fit a it bit. Is, it is not styling a bit. Also, he's next That's to Bruno the... Mars. That's fair. That's fair. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. There's a vibe somewhere there. But anyways, uh, the next one is a uh, next actually difference is uh in the manga the uh, there's this cool Adam and Eve representation for the when the the two people die and talk about the loved ones. And it's like a nude model of Adam and Eve. And is this supposed to be the pictures of humans that were sent up on that bold record with one of these space probes? Actually, let me let me check that out real quick. It Golden it might be that record human. Oh shit! It actually is. It's oh, it's the it, Voyager Golden Record. It's inverse though. Uh, the no. Yeah, it's inverse. The women's on the left side and the male's on the right side. Well, on the record, the male's on the left side and the woman's on the right side. But it's it's kind of the similar diagram except they're holding hands instead of waving and just vibing. Oh, yeah, but the style is, like, the same. Like, the proportions of, like, these idealized humans are, like, almost exactly the same. And when I say idealized, I don't mean, like, this is, like, our real ideal, but, like, the Greco, like, the like renaissance version of classical figures ideal yeah pretty much i wouldn't be surprised if there are just a bunch of uh fucking uh golden ratios pretty much it it, it probably pre, it probably is like oh he got it out of like a uh, like you know how the, the drawing the reference guide books for human anatomy yeah it's, i would it's surprise me if you just literally just copied that and then uh the next one uh so i think i talked about this uh no I didn't talk about this is a different one so the the part where where Aluka is like die Killua and shoots him it looks it looks more like in the manga it tricks you a little bit more to make it look like he actually died like the head's making like a whoosh look to it while in the anime it's it's obviously obviously can you can tell it's him playing which I think is kind of funny and then the last one this one actually is really uh. Really unknown if this was a mess up from the translators from the official Viz version of it, or yeah. actually a manga change legitimately. Be, but because in the anime, it's that Aluka calls calls him Big Brother, and something calls him uh, Killua. But in the manga, it says that uh, Narika is the one that calls him brother, and then the real Aluka calls him Killua. You know, I'll have to check my less official version to see a ruling on that, but I don't remember. Yeah, I'm honestly unsure if this if this was a change, or if this is just a fuck up on the 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 translators of Viz's official official version of it, hundred percent official, uh, Viz version of it. So that's what I don't know. I'll look it up later, but I'm 
fairly sure it's probably just a mess up. And that's it for the manga notes. Nice. Uh, do we want to rate those deaths? Because it's a lot more uh, getting crushed. Um, but like, there was that giant one of like all, that entire class of butlers. I think, I think um, while it doesn't have as much shock value because it's already after the first one, uh, I'd still say a seven just in terms of magnitude and explaining the fucking Byzantine rules of like, yeah, her mom was spared because she had a lover. Now I guess. Yeah, that was that was kind of weird. Um... Oh, there's that's weird. There's another manga change. Sorry, there's another manga cha- change ahead that I don't have it there. But when the maid, the later maid got crushed, the I don't know if it was in the anime, but you could see Ghetto as one of the butlers. Oh, really? Or get go? Yeah, I don't. I can't find where the the panel was. So that change, maybe. No, he's he's up there. It. Uh, it just he's uh at the lowest part of one of the ones that you included. Um, when the first one dies, you see him at the bottom right. Okay, yeah. Was that in the anime as well, or was that just the manga? I didn't remember seeing. I don't him remember the... if it was in the anime or not. But yeah, it, I just noticed that. I just thought it was cool. So, so yeah, sorry about that. I missed that completely. But yeah. Um. Anyways, yeah. For deaths, uh, I guess we could rate them. I mean, the thing is that there were so many deaths because technically it was like it was like two of those and then sixty-seven of the next one. I think. Not to mention the Taurus that 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 uh, Maluki killed. You didn't see them die though. Yeah. So it's it's very uh. A lot of deaths, I guess. Uh, and I mean, there's the trauma of the girl that she locked in the room. It's like, and like, like give me your liver, give me your spine. And I mean, you heard it technically, so it's like, I don't know. It seems more or less the same death. So it's like, personally, I would have to rate them all the, the same because it's like the same deaths and the same like consequences. I guess hey, we maybe, previously said yeah. context matters. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It's It's like the same... Same rating, I guess. A uh, bunch of nobodies dying from a horrific death. I guess it's more impactful. I'll give it. I'll give it one more because it's like sixty-seven people happening at the same time. So yeah, I'll, I'll give it an eight. I guess just for the added bonus of corpses. <laughs> the added bonus of corpses. That's an Aquatine Hunger Force ass line. Exactly. Exactly. There's a, there's a copious amount of corpses that die. So I'll give it. I'll give it one for the amount of corpses. So it's eight out of ten for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll rate it like a eight out of ten. Um, along the shock value, I think what kind of just is very chilling is that a lot of the deaths were just kind of used as a sense of understanding and experimentation to know the extent of Alka's powers, and you know, it just it just makes me think. Like, we got to really eat the rich, you know, <laughs> the rich being Zoldix, because that's just unfair. You know, you're not expecting to, like, die like that when you're, even if you are working for a family of assassins, that's not, like, the way you would want to go. Um, but, yeah, and I think, um, I don't know. I think also the rules with, like, how you can die because you were close to the original wisher or requester i don't know what the right word is is like it's also very it's kind of scary it makes like it would want to make me not care about anyone and be recluse if that was the case <laughs> i would like, I I fist in the afterlife though it's like it's like it's like imagine you're sitting there like you're like you're like sitting there watching tv oh suddenly <laughs> you just like you just like blink and you're at you're at a uh a selena concert oh. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's 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 like what happened? What did I miss? 
It's like, oh yeah, your 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 once removed, twice removed cousin, uh, brother made a wish to to uh, forgot to do this thing, and he died him immensely, and so you, did you? Yeah, because you didn't guys... do this thing right. So like, that's yeah. how I die. That's some bullshit. Yeah, like you guys kept talking on Discord chat all the time, <laughs> so that's why you died with him. It's like that's some bullshit. I just want to friggin' play some Halo, and now I'm a corpse. <laughs> I forgot that uh, they mentioned that because of this rule, like, uh, Illumi is like, and this is why we have to kill, like, this is why we have to stop Nanika, because the next rule that will be made could kill the entire Zoldic family. Mm-hmm. Because they're thinking that Kila will make the wish in order to take the impact, basically. Right, and if, since they all have interacted with Kila and close to Kila, they could all be impacted, they'll... Logistically, it wouldn't be, like, more like, I don't know, the hunters, you know, from the Chimerian arc and stuff like that? Or do you think, because I guess, do they, I forgot, maybe in the next episode they'll clarify that. But it's just, like, it is a little, to me, I still feel like it's still ambiguous in terms of, like, what is the parameter of, of closeness, you know? Like, or yeah. your loved ones, whatever. It's, it's literal time spent together. Like, they said it's time, which is why, like, the classmates, even if they didn't like them, were in the included. Yeah, um, I mean, that, that sucks for the Kazoldics. They had to go hire, get a whole entire class of people. It's like, God damn it. Well, they they just, have the money. But I what I was going to say is, I, I forgot, uh, wow, I really took bad notes for this episode, but I definitely forgot that something that came up with regards to this is so... Hisoka says, oh, well, regardless of whether it's, you know, the lover, like the, the most loved one or the person who spent the most time with them, Gon will die. And then like Ilmi's like, wait, what? Because like Ilmi's like, no, 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 I'm Kula's like bestie. Oh, <laughs> that was that was awkward. I was like, it was yeah. so awkward. And Hisoka's like, yeah, you, like I mean, Hisoka almost said something to the effect of like, you tell yourself that. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I think a long time ago we talked about like, uh, you know, Illumi and Kula's like codependent abusive relationship and how, you know, Illumi thinks of him as the closest person in the world to Kula because of it when that's like simply not the truth. Uh, I like at the end of it, it's like, you know what, if if you do, oh no, he wasn't kill Kilua, he was like kill Aluka or Illumi. Oh yeah, yeah, they're not trying to kill Kula, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of weird with that but yeah it's a i thought that was really funny it's like oh awkward mm -hmm. yikes but yeah it's just uh yeah i don't know like and the thing is that you have to keep in mind that the death is going to be probably more significant because it's like it's one thing to get like a millions of dollars dropped out of the sky but like saving somebody that that requires more more like that couldn't that most technology and an exorcist and money couldn't solve it's going to be a huge ask and probably i think but they say it was like tens of thousands of people could die or something like that. Yeah, exactly. So holy shit! But the thing is, is that yeah, because like even I think the thing is that even if Killua does something where he throws an average Joe on the way to to do the to to die for them for the wish, I think it's going to be difficult because it's like that still could technically kill the Zoldic family because it's like even if regular Joe does, it could be like you know like the people he associated with, it could go all the way oh. He kind of associated with this dude, and this dude associated with those people, so they die on top of it. We actually don't know the extent of how much the wish goes, because there's still that unknown of 
how far does it go? Like, it might have just stopped at that because, like, okay, that was the right amount of people for the money wish, but for that life thing, it might be, oh, let's expand the list down. Like, you know, remember they've shown that, like, because of the way Kula knows to use the powers, there might be a different cost, and they haven't elaborated what that is yet. So, the idea is that there's an asymmetry of information here where Illumi thinks that it will kill the Zoldix. Kula knows that it won't, but they don't mention what the new possible actual cost is. Wow, communication communication all over against the cost of all of this. No, uh, so in this case, it's actually good that Kula is not telling Illumi because then Illumi would try to weaponize it. Oh, right, yeah, no, that makes sense. So he's using the asymmetry of information on purpose, which is just like a really cool detail. Yeah, I, 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 he's probably doing that for the entire family because they're afraid, oh, hey, there's a way around it so we can kill it all over the country and not leave the house. Yeah, I think they have some idea now that they've seen him do the choice thing, but it still hasn't clarified what is the consequence of doing the choice. Yeah. We don't even yeah. know. Maybe there won't be, be a subway around it. And, and frankly, I don't remember, because I do remember there is a thing that comes up, but I don't remember what it is. So we're going to all find out together. It's been a long time since I've read Celeste Watch this. Um, yeah. But Hannah and Sarah, do you guys have any thoughts? Um, otherwise, like I think these are pretty open and shut episodes, because like, it's a lot more just about the experiments and the rules. Nothing else, Sarah. I thought I think for me this has been and can't really grasp like the overall themes of what this is going to be because I feel like with the previous arcs I kind of had an idea going in. It's two very different stories happening on. You had the election and then you have what's going on personally with Kilo I've gone. Um so I really do but I am really enjoying them and also just seeing, I guess, more of like the Zoltic family messed up dynamics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I mean, it, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And you mentioned the idea of like themes and like they're not obviously fully formed yet, but definitely the scheming nature of the politics, plus like also sort of the relationship Kila has at the center of this dynamic with his both family and with Gon of like sort of an abusive family and his codependent relationship mm-hmm. with his best friend, where he simultaneously wants to force his best friend to say sorry, but is moving you know heaven and earth in order to save him it's just kind of like this question of this person raised in such a restrictive environment also wanting to help people to possibly his and his family's detriment it's interesting but like obviously there's a lot more to it given one this is hunter hunter and two they've already kind of talked about how like there might be a way around yeah yeah so i think that's pretty much uh what we got for today um one of y'all one of y'all want to take us out Sure, I can. Do it. Alrighty. So thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Please hit questions, request, or just to chat with us at our Facebook or at HunterPod. Heads up, check us out at patreon.com slash spirithunterpod and join our public Discord where we'll be discussing the shit out of Hunter, Yu Yu Show, and much more. And speaking of the disc, you want to support us, you can help us out by giving it a review. Each review gets a surface to tens or hundreds more people. Finally, for today's intro and outro themes, these are made by Stegaane. Check them out on YouTube. And also, as always, big shout out to our editor. Thanks to him. The rest of the crew can focus on doing more and talking all things Togashi. All right, everyone. See you on the other side. Bye. Later. Bye.
Hello and welcome to a special episode of The Spirit Hunters, or should I say, The Yu Yu Hakusho Part 2. Um, we're doing a, a little bit of a new thing where we uh, decide to watch the live action, and uh, not all of us finished it, but we're just going to talk about our initial reactions, and this may or may not be its own episode, it may or may not be tied into another. But uh, I'm Joe, who am I joined by? I'm Patrick, and I really appreciate your sexy announcer voice. Joe, I really appreciate it. I think we should talk like this the entire podcast. Well, my roommate doesn't want me keeping them up, so I have decided to loop, a, loop back my sound very hard so that I have to be quieter. Gotcha. Well, understandable, but I am Patrick. Um, I'm Hannah. I can't do a voice like that, so <laughs> I'm going to just do this. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Sarah. I don't have an inside voice. <laughs> I, I like how you say that, but you're definitely a soft-spoken person sometimes. Um, it's just not on command, I guess. It depends, because I, I can't control the volume of my voice sometimes. <laughs> no, I mean, right I'm aware. I, I feel that. I feel that, though. I'm, I'm the same way. It's like, uh, people like always like, Patrick, calm your ass down. It's like, no, I must exaggerate my, because I'm monotone in nature, so I have to Make up for it some way, so... Your ass will stay excited. I'm gonna pretend I didn't hear that whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm just perpetually in presenter mode, which means I project as if I'm talking to an audience, even though I'm not. Me too, well, absolutely. Well, you technically are with a podcast. Yeah, we're talking to people. <laughs> somebody's, <laughs> somebody's fucking there, I think. Yeah, someone will listen. That's an audience. That's true, Somebody, that's true. Yeah. Well, anyways, beyond our, uh, you know, rhetorical and oratory talents, uh, let's uh, talk a little bit about why we're here. So, as you guys know, Netflix released their live-action Yu Hakusho. Um, it's five episodes long. I'd be interested to find out how far each of you guys got. I, for instance, only got through episodes one through three by the time we're recording this. It's kind of like an early reactions thing. Uh, how about the rest of you? Patrick, you go first. I watched the entire thing. Yeah, I only watched the end of episode two, so I'm about to start three. Sarah, how about you? I watched also the entire thing. Um, granted, I watched it, I think, at the work day where I've been going on so I can pay attention to episode three and then four through five. I kind of had to split my attention between what I was doing and the show. So I watched those last two episodes again. Nice. Yeah, I probably should do the same. I was kind of was kind of rushing the last two, but but I kind of got... I kind of know what kind of the gist of what happened, so. Sounds good. Well, um, I guess, like, let's just open the floor for, for general thoughts. I think spoilers are on the table because, again, it's one, it's an adaptation, and two, it's not even the complete series. So I know that things were obviously changed a lot. Um, you can see that even in the amount that I saw. But mm -hmm. uh, I'd be curious what your guys' general thoughts were. Mm, for me, since I just actually just watched it um, an hour ago, um, I think as if it was a standalone, I would really like it. I think as mm -hmm. an adaption, I think I'm like somewhat happy with it. Like I personally really like the, for now, I like the pacing, like for condensing both, um, the, like how they're intertwining plots and stuff, like the Makai insects you see like right away or like, what? And but it kind of is neat how they're tying different plot elements to then further another plot element, you know, like even use K's death. I was like, okay, that makes sense. I'm glad they kind of tied it together. 
Um, I like Yusuke's actor. I love Botan and Keiko's actresses. I think they're great fits. Um, Kwanma's actor's hot. <laughs> That's <all he> <laughs> the only thing I got. Yeah, he's, def- he's definitely got that got that that look. Yeah. yeah. He's cute as well. <laughs> and That's why they didn't need Enma in this. He's daddy himself. He, yeah. <laughs> and um, I don't really. I guess Kurama's actor I think is good, but he's still not like my favorite. I think he did really good with the sad scene at the hospital. So. Yo, yeah. Hannah, can we talk about how during that scene he puts on his actual school uniform and he looks more <laughs> like the character? Yeah, I it's, it's kind of like the, what the, sw- fuck? the the whiplash switch was I was like, "What?" But um he does. He does look more like Krama. I think both um my husband and I, because we're watching it together, we're like, "It's the wig, man. It's just ruining it in terms of like fully Im- getting into the illusion that it's Karama, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honestly, I felt that way about a lot of characters. Like, I felt that way about Genkai. I felt that mm-hmm. way about Karama. Uh, the only one that I really thought stole the show and was massively believable, which I... Because I initially made fun of it, was, uh, was Kurabara's actor. Like, mm-hmm. like, he sold... Honestly, he's... Like, the character himself was the MVP of the show. Like, I love Kurabara. Like, they, they got him perfect. The 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 look I wasn't a big fan of the pompadour loss, but his characterization remained pretty intact, so I could he take has, the, like, the new age pompadour. Yeah, ah. but, it, but yeah, like I said, I, I am in agreement. So I thought Kurama and uh, and really Genkai were kind of the ones like uh, I'm not sure. Like even even like the crazy ones like uh, like uh, older Elder Tagoro looked pretty believable. Mm, so good. I really liked Genkai's actress. I think the way they wrote her and the way that she wasn't in much of the story fucking sucked. And again, I've only watched episodes one through three, so she dies like totally unceremoniously. So I mean, you know, all sorts of shit could happen in four and five that I'm unaware of. But like, I actually like the actress. I just wish that they mm-hmm. used her better. Yeah, I think that's my one point too. I also think I some of the directions I was thinking of like how they did. Heiko and Genkai and Botan too. I think they're a lot less active in this adaptation compared to the, like, I don't know, like the first episode, I thought like, oh, it's cool that is like seeing her home life. But then like the decisions that she makes, it's like when she tries to save Yusuke, like, like if you watch the anime, when she sees the fire, she's like, I gotta save him. So she does a logical thing and throws water on herself and runs into the burning building. This adaptation, she just runs in there. And no thoughts, no planning. Like, they kind of feel like it does a disservice. She doesn't, like, carry him out or anything. I think the decision they made there, it, I feel like it is a disservice to her character in that sense. And I don't know, I'm just not optimistic for the rest of the series, how they portray her afterwards. Like, there's some moments where I'm, like, informed, all right, this is cool, this is the Keiko that I'm used to, that I know. But, I don't know. It, it still is a little bit disappointing that they took away those moments for me. Yeah, uh, there, there's some weird moments with, with her, for sure, in that show, where it's, like, um, kind of a bit out of character. Like, she kind of... Like she kind of feels like uh, Ron from K- from Case Closed and Detective Conan sometimes, than actually Keiko, which I, mm-hmm. I guess there's it's kind of cool having her a bit be more independenter, 
or independent character in that aspect, but it just seems kind of weird. She's less independent. I think she's less independent, but I think she's more believable. And they also make mm. her and Yusuke's romance a lot more plausible. Because, like, in the anime, it's just like, yeah, these two should not actually... Like, this is definitely, like, some sort of, like, weird childhood ideal that, like, does not translate to, like, real romance. Mm. But, like, in, in this, I, like, actually... Like, when she mentions having learned something from young Yusuke about, like, you know, the ability to see good people for herself. And yeah. I was like, oh, that's actually really nice. Yeah. And I like that a lot. And, like, yeah. they actually feel... So, like, I talk about how Jean from Hunter Hunter feels like what would actually happen to a grown-up Yusuke. Meanwhile, mm -hmm. this Yusuke and Keiko, I think, actually have, like, potential. Yeah, because I think, I think what they, how they built up Yusuke in the beginning, where it's, like, it shows, like, him doing good deeds and being, like, overall a good person that's in bad situations was kind of, at least to me, a bit more clear than it was in the anime, if that makes any yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. I think they have better chemistry in this adaptation and a lot more history. I do like those little moments of them, especially when he's just eating ramen at her restaurant all the time. That's a whole ass vibe, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> I actually really like that. I think it kind of shows like, yeah, they actually are friends versus for sure. kind of told in the show in the manga and the anime that they're childhood friends other than like a flashback or two yeah and i do like how the parents actually kind of i wouldn't say they they like them but it's more like a oh hey it's the, the, not the demon knocking at the door yeah wait no in 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 the anime the parents love him like oh, the yeah, parents are do. actually like super into him and like are always giving keiko shit for not like being in the yusuke Oh, yeah. I, th I thought I remember the first. I just remember the first episode. I thought they were pretty upset when he came over. No, they're only upset when a guy. When they only upset when Yusuke possessing Kuobara comes in and says like, you know, that he's Yusuke because they're like, hey, have some respect. Oh, oh, okay, that's why I, I completely forgot. That's yeah, what that they scene love was. him. Like later yeah, in the mind. series, when he's like gonna propose, they like recount some of their childhood like you know cute romance stories. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. Okay, so I I, I definitely like they kept that in that case. Yo, in terms of, um, you know, adaptation characters, uh, there was no, uh, no Shizuru, right? I didn't see her yet, at least. No, there wasn't. Shizuru, I don't... Shizuru, which one is that one? Oh, Kuvara's sister? No, she's, def she's definitely not in it. Ah, oh, that's sad. Also, Atsuko, still smoking, but not in the same way. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, yo, you know who I think was an incredibly good adaptation? fucking Ooh. elder to grow like that man is a freak oh yeah that was really honestly he kind of reminds me of a uh darren from system of a down that sort of look of him he kind of he kind of gets his time was so by but yeah, he just looks... <laughs> oh brother how could you betray me brother <laughs> like this. just punches him <laughs> no but but yeah i actually did really like i said like i said i really appreciate his like a lot of the, the there's some people that were on point and like killed it and stole the show like Kuobar, Elder Shiguro, and then uh, who's that dude with the mask that does stuff? Mm, the uh, mask fighter, yeah. Uh, sorry, the one the the dark torment that's on Team Tugoro. I forget what his name was. Oh, Karasu. Bluey. Yeah, Karasu. Because they both wear masks. Yeah, I think it's Bluey. It's the one that that fought the, that fought the Kurama. Oh, that's Karasu. Karasu, yeah. Karasu's was on point. Uh, Bluey, the the the. Bui was kind of interesting. I still like, haven't seen it. Like, so, like, how does it go? Like, the power scaling of this is so different from the anime. Yeah, Bui's the red dude, right? Bui he's, has, like, uh, blue armor. Yeah, he's, oh, like, the, the armor up. dude, right? 
Yeah, all in armor. You don't see his face. I don't think you see his face at all in live action. I need to rewatch those all. Oh, they don't have the whole section where. Oh no, he does take off his. He did. He does take off his uniform. Okay. And oh, okay. His face. Does he still have like a good gravelly voice? Because that was like something I loved about him in the original uh, English dub. I, I don't actually don't remember it. It didn't stand out like something like that. It seemed kind of like a regular dude, bro. I just watched it dubbed. I'm just joking. I didn't watch it dubbed. That. Oh yeah. Actually, what language did everyone watch it in? I watched it subbed. Subbed. Um, and I, I followed the. There was like Joe reposted a tweet saying like which English subtitles to choose for accuracy. So I made sure to choose that one. Yeah, oh, yeah I think public service all... announcement for everyone listening to this. There are two different English subtitle tracks. One of them is trash. The one that is trash is actually just taking down the dub like notes and like adding sound effects. So do not use the one that has CC in it. Use the one that is English and then like with Japanese like uh, yeah. voices. I think if you hit the Japanese, this Japanese subtitles, it'll auto select that for you if you do the Japanese mm-hmm. audio track. I think unless you use CC in other anime that you watch. Okay. So I would really just double check. Yeah, just make sure you check because for some reason it defaults to English dubbed for me. So I have to always change it to the subtitle. But when I change it to the language of Japanese, it would auto move it over to the, the Japanese for me. So, or actually the mm-hmm. English translation of the Japanese script, not the dub. If we have any listeners who watched it in any other languages who also watched in that language previously, I would love to hear your thoughts on the differences. I know that uh, I, one of our listeners, uh, I think they go by Shanong Sardinas, um, they listened in Tagalog and they mentioned that it actually references some of the stuff from the old Tagalog dub. Like um, when they're, you know, saying like, you know, finish it or kill him, they say like tapusin, tapusin, um, which was in, which was like a meme from the old uh, Filipino dub. So I'd be curious. Yeah, they they keep in. Sorry. Oh no, I was just saying. I'd be curious to see what happens there. The internet is still not working. It's fine, but yeah, like I think they speed, which I think they kept in a lot of really cool references, like or like just like kept the spirit of the characters. Like they, like I think one of the cool ones that they they had the the, the finger flip bullets, which I thought was kind of cool to see in there. Mm-hmm. So I think oh, that's yeah, the, and I need to see. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I've seen. Some pictures of like full power to grow that look kind of interesting. Um, if you like, by you mean janky as hell, then yes, I can definitely mm. believe that. Speaking of motion, we actually haven't talked about this yet, but I actually think the choreo for the show is insanely good, and like yeah. that was one of my biggest fears when we talked about it originally. Yeah, they did a really good job on the choreography for like the fights. Yeah, this yeah. shit's like hard hitting. Yeah, like like there's a lot of really cool and there's a lot of cool stunts too, like the truck flipping over, or like and like the, him setting fire to the the the, the houses around him, of uh, fighting on fire the dude on fire. Yeah. Oh, it's the Anchorman fight. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I think it was a maybe it was released pre series the series coming out, but the fight with uh, Goki. And I saw, oh, yeah, like, I was so looking good. at the difference and seeing, like, mixed reviews about it. Like, saying, I think someone was saying, is it really, like, the spirit of Yu Hakusho, Yu Brawler, use his environment? Yeah, this I... is the same man who took a swim in the middle of a fight with another spirit detective and then used the water on his shirt to tie up the other guy's arm. <laughs> Perfect. But yeah, spe- speaking of uh, Goki, though, I really like, uh, well, the fight was, I really enjoy that fight specifically but i kind of like the way that he was portrayed like he kind of seemed like 
uh, I don't know. It's like some of the like the Japanese oni, almost like oh yeah. No, Goku. Goki's always kind of been like an oni. Yeah, so I really appreciate that it made him more looking like more figurative of that and like more resembling of like an actual an actual oni. And this one, so I really appreciate that. Even though it's like different radical radical design, I still really like that. It was a cool little thing. But yeah, the fights were. I really enjoyed the fights in it for the most part. Uh, I don't think there was really a bad fight per se. Like the even like the weird training montages are pretty good. Yeah. You mean with Genkai? Because I thought yeah. those were okay. Yeah, like I said, that's why I said that even those were pretty pretty decent. I did like that they kept the, you know, like, do a handstand on the nail thing. But, like, tell me... So, I know Genkai comes back into the story mm -hmm. later, obviously. But, like, what does she do there? Because, like, her episode 3 thing just made it seem super unconnected. She just dies. Yeah. And then She's she does come... Uh, not physically, but spiritually. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it's it's that it's that. Yeah, they just the, the, show her in the epilogue type thing that they did in the in the dark tournament ending, right? Pretty much. Yeah. It's just sort of like talking to talking to talking to her, but like, hey, you know, this shit happened. But yeah, so, literally, literally after this episode, it's just her dying, and then that epilogue, and that's it. So correct me if I'm wrong, but my perspective on this is, this show feels like it was made for people who have seen the anime which is the opposite of One Piece, where it's trying to get people to watch the anime. This okay. honestly feels like a, hey, what if we made highlights for people who already, who already know the story? Mm. It kind of feels like that. They the thing is that they take a lot of creative liberties, and it's like, I think if you explain the show to people and like give them a summary, it'd be the exact same thing as if you told them about Yu Hawk's show. Like, the, like, not like bullet for bullet point, but like the general, oh, hey, there's this Tormund-esque thing, they all fight. You know, to grow like takes and defends Yukina, and does this and that, and it, like there's a lot of like, like it's it's you could tell somebody the summary and it'll be pretty much the same as the anime, which I kind of think is kind of cool. What did you think about some of the age changes? Because like, um, you know, they obviously made Yusuke and Kuwabara and Keiko seventeen, which is cool, and I think that makes sense given like the norms of now, I guess. But, like, I'm talking about, like, making Sakya, like, 45, as opposed to, like, a hot 27-year-old. And, like, making <laughs> Atsuko, like, you know, 37, as opposed to, like, 28. I mean, logically, if Yusuke is 17, I think... For sure. That's fine, because she'd be 21 when she had him, which is pretty... Or 20, which is still very young. Mm -hmm. Um, I Since I'm only at the end of episode two, I can't really talk much about Sakio's age, but I guess um, given he's like a very successful, super rich business guy, it seems more, makes more sense to accumulate, accumulate wealth around that age versus like a a 20-something-year-old in the late 90s, early 2000s, because it's it's still kind of, that's a question I have. Is it still set in the late, in the 90s or at the slash the early 2000s? I'm interested because to me, it felt like it was still the early 90s, but they definitely yeah. avoided a lot of technology. Like, for instance, yeah. they yeah. did not go to an arcade, which is, you know, characteristic of Yusuke and like his buddies. And they avoided that because whatever they would show you in the arcade would make it very clear what year it was. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, th I think they, they were doing a good job on that. The only thing that really gave all the the thing weighs the cars the cars looked pretty early 2000s honda like they had a bunch of ha like honda like 
logos and the design of the fenders. It looked pretty like uh, I, I just being a car guy, like very. Uh, I forgot gen. I think it's like seventh gen Hondas. Civics. So you think it's mm -hmm. not nineteen nineties? You think it's? I think it's late nineties, late nineties, early two thousands. If okay. I had to take so a guess, that's cool. They like split the difference between doing completely modern and doing like you know period accurate. Yeah, I did like how they kind of made it. It was unclear what period it was. Have you guys seen the movie It Follows? Is that the one about the uh, disease spreading from people who sleep together? Kind of. I, th I think it's more than an STD metaphor, but it is still like very much an STD metaphor. It's like, what if you were haunted by a monster who's an STD? <laughs> um, <laughs> the reason I bring it up is it has this like purposefully anachronistic like uh, world design where it's just like, I can't tell what year it is because like everything looks like the 80s, but then at some point someone has like a... Uh, what the fuck is it? It's like a weird clamshell like PDA and it's just like what the fuck is this? And oh. um so it feels kinda like they did that. Yeah, they definitely kept it ambiguous, which I think is kinda cool and it didn't really it kinda took the I guess it kinda was answering the solution that we were worried about is like are they gonna modernize it? Or are they going to, you know, take us out of it and like be like, Oh yeah, this is nineteen ninety two are they gonna meet in the middle? And I think they did a good job meeting in the middle. It's not too old, but it's not too new. It's it seems like everything is relatable to any age that watch it, whether it be boomers, millennials, or Zoomers, or Gen Z. Actually, I think Gen Z... Isn't Gen Z and Zoomers the same thing? Yeah, Gen Z and yeah. Zoomers are the same thing. So Yeah. I think, yeah. I think the clothes themselves are very non-time specific, like very sick. So you can really see them wearing it at any point in time whether but i also think japanese fashion in itself depending on it has a lot of i think they take a lot of classic silhouettes so it's it's not i don't know compared to like i guess american fashion where i feel like you can really distinctive way to see like this is clothes of 2000s versus 20s versus um the 90s you know i feel like japan i feel like there's a little bit more ambiguity in the style i have a theory about this oh really what's your theory my theory is because of the demographic trends of Japan, the majority of clothes designers are in their 50s. Hmm. I'm only half joking, but because of like the top heaviness of the Japanese demographic chart, I honestly think they make a lot of styles that like in most Ooh. other countries would be very conservative because it's just like, hey, this is the age of the majority of the buying populace. And even if you're not within that age, you're going to emulate those styles. I can totally see that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I do. Like, I think, yeah, what did you all think about, like, the outfits of the characters, like, the main cast? They were good, except for Karamas. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think, I was gonna say, like, every, all the costumes, like, pretty much match the characters besides Karamas, but, like, everything, everything looked pretty good, like, like, like and their uniforms looked, or their, every, all their clothes looked faithful, even Yusuke's, like, to a point looked like it was, like, on point, like, one-to-one -one almost. Especially yeah, with definitely. the the way the pants rode, like like mm -hmm. seeing him like if from like the lower half and like like the lower half, with that his pants are like up like on his like belly button, which I was like, oh, that's cool, and it it sort of even has the same fit. I'm like, wow, that actually is some attention to detail. I do think it's interesting that Yusuke's clothes match everyone else at schools now, and Kuwabara's are the ones that are different. Yeah, I was a little yeah. bit confused about that. Like, I had, at first I thought, like, does Kurobara go to another school? Or I is thought he... That was the Wasn't that the theory of it? I just thought that was the thing. No, no, he always went to the same school. So previously, okay. the reason that Yusuke's clothes didn't match was because he was poor. 
and he could only afford something that half matched. But in this one, they made cool bars not match, and there's not really an indication. Like, his family's definitely working class, but they're not, like, dirt poor the way Yusuke is. Right. Yeah. That's what I was confused about. Yeah. They probably did it just so they can keep the representation of him wearing the blue uniform. For sure. I just meant more like, why did they change the color of the school? But it, it doesn't matter that much. Um, speaking of, uh, so there were some things that uh, I saw online. People were, you know, clowning on Yusuke's wake photo. Um, because they're like, oh, it doesn't look anything like the anime one, which is like very serious and sad. And then people po- posted the manga one where he's looking like a fucking like joke. And so I do think it's interesting things in this that were more manga accurate than anime accurate. And people giving it shit for not being quote unquote accurate actually weren't going back to the material it's referencing, which I thought was really fascinating. It was funny. I saw that that you posted that and I was like, that actually is a really cool attention to detail that they did that. And it, honestly, it kind of shows like, that the, the creators actually gave a shit and cared about the series. Like, there wasn't any, like, like it wasn't like one of those, oh, cash grab things. There was like, yeah, literally, I was saying before the show that it felt like, okay, we, we really want to do Yu Show justice, but we have five episodes to do it. And Netflix is more, like, more than likely going to cancel and only give us five episodes. So we got to have a good stopping point and speed the story up to get the, what, what, why Yu Show is amazing in five episodes in our increments. So I really think the show, because I think the, because uh, I think Sarah, you said they they were the same people that did Alice in Borderland, right? Yeah, yeah. I did one thing I really appreciate about this series. I think the, the and music background and also, um, um, yeah, no, I d- I definitely liked uh, the music choices. Did you notice that they played Smile Bomb in the first episode? Yeah, the guy yeah. driving the car. Oh, wow, yeah, the funny guy who murders Yusuke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You did not have a good day. <laughs> yeah, I I did like that change that they made where it's like it, and from the driver not seeing it to actually the bug the the the, the was it the was the, the, the locust Makai insect, Makai well, insect. I guess call, in, in this one they call it uh fucking um the ringworm or some shit like that. I don't remember. The tapeworm. But yeah, anyways, anyways when I like that change where it's like it was like an out control ring uh tapeworm ringworm thing. They controlled them and just killed everybody versus, oh, Yusuke just saw this kid run from the train. Oh, that helped connect to the story a little bit better, at least. Yeah, no, I, I think it's interesting that they fold in, you know, Sakyo and stuff in the tunnel right away, which I think is really cool and makes me wonder what they're going to do next season if they do it. Um, Can you guys mm-hmm. tell me how this ended? I mean, again, it's not really spoilers, but did they, like, have, like, say, like, Elder Togoro trying to, like, claw his way out of the sea as, like, the last scene? No, the end of the scene, if, I guess spoilers for people that want to watch it, mm. it it ended on a beach. So, like, you know how it ends on the beach in the, the the first one? They're on a beach, they're thinking of Genkai, and then it just cuts to a picture of a a, a scene of a seagull pecking at Elder Jugoro's head on a really? beach. Really? Like, actually? Yeah, I'm not joking. Oh, that's great. I, like, the two things I was thinking it could be would be that, or someone breaking into a vault and stealing a VHS. Yeah, it's Pooty Tang, RIP. Yeah, no, but that that's awesome. I'm glad to hear about all that. Um, did they give any indication of, like, like were there any hints dropped at, like, the future? Because, like, I do remember that they pointed at, like, when Koenma first hires Yusuke, he's like, unfortunately, the, this position's been, you know, uh, unused for a while now. And, like, so it's like, okay, that's a sense we note. Not directly. They definitely did talk about like the barrier between human world and demon oh, world. Yeah. So it definitely went into that subplot with uh, with Sakio specifically. 
Yeah, from what I saw about it, pretty much was it seemed like they were just trying to do a good stopping point and had the Elder Tagoro's head as a joke thing at the end. So either be a nod to it or a joke thing. Is he like alive? Like, is he like ah 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 or anything like that? Uh, let me double check. I'm fairly sure he was just straight up dead or just on the beach, but I'll double check to make sure. But the one thing I want to say about the music is that they, they did this, this eerie music, and it sounded like uh, the Resident Evil opening for Resident Evil 2, where just like mm. the, the story begins. I put the music in the chat, but if you guys listen, you can see what I mean by that. Yeah, it, it, he actually is. A, he's like, shoo, shoo, and the bird's like picking at his head. <laughs> That's hilarious, actually. Um, mm. But we were talking about tone and like kind of how it is. I think this, you know, is generally a darker tone than the anime, but I really like Botan here. Like, I don't think she's as good of a, if if this was a real person, I don't think she's as good of a character, but I do think this is an interesting, different cute. Like this is someone who's more like cute, cute, as opposed to like someone, you know, cute. Yeah. She's, she's very, she's very, a very cute character. Very like hyping, hyping up being like more of a, being a really good friend to the group. Like, oh, yeah, you got this, Yusuke, or, like, this and that. And, like, he's like, oh, I can't believe it. You did this. It's awesome. So she's a really great hype man on the show. And I really appreciate it. And she's a great communicate between them. And it's a lot of fun. And I think the one change that they did make, speaking of her, is that I think she's not visible to the majority of people on the show. I think she was actually yeah. visible yeah. to everybody. Kubar remarked being able to see her, which was surprising to other people. Yeah. It's a great choice. Oh, yeah, I agree. Definitely ties up some of the issues. But go ahead, Sarah. Oh, because I was just um about also like Yukina. If any thoughts about how her um and how the live action adopter. Do they make it clear that they're related to like does Kuwabara know in this one? Because he doesn't. I'm only three episodes in, so they don't have a reason for Kuwabara to hate he ate that much besides like just getting a little insulted yeah he doesn't know and also a funny thing it is a little bit of spoiler <laughs> when he's like one of his insults he does a classic can't insult me when you're this puny but he's like he is actors like literally maybe like three inches him. <laughs> so I like that little joke got a little bit lost <laughs> it's it's, a, it's that one meme it's like it's like 511 versus 6 1 <laughs> yeah. There was a point where Elder Tagoro's face breaks out of like his fake Hiei body and then he changes drastically in height and I'm like I could have sworn these guys were closer in height in the anime. Yeah, that was it there's definitely a lot of a lot of uh compromise they need to make with in that regards to the the shape and the form of the pe and the height of the people. But for the most part I think I think it was relatively the same like everyone's like height ratio is about the same like like this person shorter than the other person. If there nice. was anything drawing like he was like six foot eleven or something crazy. With regards to the tournament, do they have any other teams or is it just Team Tagoro and Team Urameshi? It so pretty much so when I say it's like the tournament, it's pretty much like a quote unquote tournament. So essentially they had a bunch of rich people in the in the thing, like the the fat dude with the, the cigar. Him and his friends like betting on, oh hey, I wonder who's gonna win this and it's pretty much just a bunch of people like fighting in this house. Like, oh, we captured Yukina and uh, and uh, Keiko. You need to come rescue her on this island. And they're just fighting through. Like, he's you know, like you like they encounter the dude, the Karasu. And it's like, oh, I'm gonna, I'll take him, Yusuke. You and Kurbar go up ahead, 
and like he a just goes on his own thing and finds the giant sword dude buoy yeah and then is it that's kind of how it is right sarah yeah it's almost it's similar to the layout of like the saint beast arc i was literally about to say is this just maze castle yeah, one fights going up to different levels in a building, but just change the opponents that they're fighting. Yeah, the one change I I was not a fan of is that so when PA did his Dragon of the Darkness Flame on the one dude, uh, on the team Tagoro, he does it, but it's not like he kills him. He like feels bad, like kill me. It's like it's a, it's, it's like he seems more merciful than the other one. It's like, yeah, I killed this motherfucker. Wait, no, no, no. In in um the anime, he doesn't kill him either. He actually, like, basically leaves him to live, but because he is like, yeah, this is a dishonor that's, like, worse than death, practically. He's like, you know, he basically says, if you want it so bad, you should kill yourself. Oh, yeah, he, that, he did actually do the same quote. Man, I really need to watch that. I could have sworn he killed that dude. Like, he just swallowed him with the dragon. I could see why you would think that, but that guy was able to turn the dragon back at Hiei, who then absorbed it, and then Hiei used the power of the absorbed dragon to beat the shit out of him. Yeah, no, this one, it's just, like, the dragon, like, burns him up. Like, it, the dragon's, like, a flamethrower. If anything, just fuck somebody's, like, kill me. It's, like, it's like you should do it on your own. Don't, don't tell me what to do sort of things. Man, I really need to rewatch Yu Hawk show. I'm, like, you freaking do, a bunch of shit. Honestly, if we <laughs> cover this on this podcast at some point, you and I should just finally read the manga. I'd be down. Manga's a lot of fun. I'd be super down. But, yeah, like, for the most part, though, I think they kept the spirit of the Dark Tournament. Mm-hmm. And combine it with the Saint Beast, and honestly, as weird as this sounds, it actually kind of worked. Like, do you miss like all the side teams though? Not really. The side teams kind of like. I mean, I mean, I'll be really? honest. I'm like the things that the show is a different vibe of it. If they were fighting like a bunch of dudes, it would have to be a lot longer and For sure. have to be a lot more drawn out. So I, I don't like. I mean, I and not to mention, I think some of them would be a bit silly in comparison to what the tone they want to get with the show. So I think the drunk the Australian dude, uh, the leprechaun dude, would be kind of out of character. But th- th- that's saying, though, they didn't they didn't completely leave humor out of it. There's still a lot of, like, cool bars, hu- humorisms and stuff like that. And I think they kept a bit of a humor in tune. Like, do, do you guys think so? I think I had to kind of rethink, because I think growing up I watched the American dub, which has a very American sense of humor. So at least like the take that they did with that, with the dialogue. Yeah. I I think for the most part, they kept a lot of really, they they kept the tone of the humor from, from the, the Japanese, uh, the original Japanese manga and the anime. Mm -hmm. For the most part, they got rid of some of the, of course, problematic things of like Yusuke left up Keiko's skirt and stuff like that. And the blatant transphobia stuff. But I'm really glad they got rid of that fight. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they got rid of that hell, hell, hell a lot. But yeah, it for the most part, like I, like I don't know. Thinking about it and talking about it now, it really wasn't a bad adaptation. It just was the fact that it just was a lot really rushed. And the thing is, I can't even blame the creators for it. I think if they had like the ability to do all these episodes, like a whole 25 episode season, and can almost guarantee a second one, I think they would have done more detail to it they could have done this in 10 episodes in a way that would have been satisfying mm-hmm. yeah but yeah i think th- i think for the most part though they kept a pretty good serious tone um i almost because i going into it i was like man i think that the stage play did did a better job at telling retelling the story you hawk show like the one we just watched and it's like 
You know, honestly, I kind of, I don't know. It's kind of a hard toss up. Like, I think both of them were pretty decent. Yeah, they're very different. They're different, but they accomplished like the same sort of goal, which I, I think they did pretty well. And I think with this, with the live action, like there are definitely some supporting characters in the anime that I did like. But the live action show, I feel like there is like a limited amount of characters that each are, even in a supporting role, just not use the audience. Because um, I think I've watched like shows where they have like live action shows with like large ensemble casts and they do get, I don't know, they get burdensome in a way trying to keep track that I never really had an issue with in anime. I don't know why. Yeah. I think it's because in anime they often employ like this like strategy of quote unquote branch and prune, aka they mm -hmm. have a bunch of new characters they introduce and then they cut a bunch of them off, not because they die, but because they're like they're no longer important ever again. And like some or people Jujutsu say, Kaisen. Uh, right? <laughs> oh yeah, Jujutsu Kaisen for sure. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely that's I kind of have a similar feeling with regards to Western shows that do that, where it's just like well, you're not going to get rid of these people, so this is just going to become more detritus that we have to you know pay attention to throughout the the, the like remainder of it. So right. one thing I think is interesting is does it kind of feel like this show is like kind of leaning more seinen earlier in the series than uh, the animated? Um, what do you, wait, what'd you say? I think so it lead leaning more seinen, seinen earlier, like adult instead of like shonen like y younger male demographic it's more towards like younger like adult male demographic because that's what seinen yeah translates to honestly it did feel very seinen like the entire show did yeah darker in turn not just in terms of like plot but also like the amount of action and blood and kind of like you kind of see visibly see kind of like stuff like bullying and the extent of the violence associated with it mm. that you don't really see in shonen like you know bullies exist in shonen shows but um at least in seinen they kind of show like the mental like after effects and like the cowardice that comes with it and mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff yeah the, i definitely agree i think the bullying was like oh my god this is kind of even worse than the anime, the the manga was. It's like very, especially with that one kid they kept bullying the hell out of. Yeah, it's, it's standard J drama bullying, though. I was gonna say this <laughs> feels like J drama, like straight up. <laughs> yeah, I mean to be fair though, the entire show feels like a extended J, J drama, which would make yeah. sense. <laughs> I wonder if this is actually gonna be a gateway for a lot of anime fans to get into J drama. That'd be amazing. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, like honestly, um, I was almost I was almost in the K drama because of uh. Because of uh, uh, Squid Games. Oh, yeah. You mean the fact that, like, the Dark Terminus version is basically a bunch of dudes being like, what about 96? <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, there is a lot of really great J-dramas out there that explore, like, different genres besides romance. Like, a lot of slice of life. Also, a lot of fantasy. So I, I, don't, I wonder, I do hope that people will be more open to exploring. Like the, just like I think the Jap I haven't watched a J drama besides I think Alice in Borderlands and the Yohaku show in a while, but it does make me like curious to watch anything new out there. I'd be curious to do a season of that with, uh, with us. That'd be kind of like if we watch like something super unrelated to martial arts, it's just like, oh, it's a slice of life story about a small town bookseller in Japan. 
I'd be down. <laughs> hey, give us a live action Miss Kobayashi Dragon Maid, cowards. Honestly, if we want, like, if there was like a live action of like a uh, Rumiko Takahashi thing, I would totally fucking do that. But I feel like there would be more of her slice of life related shows. There's a Ronda one, but it's apparently bad. But that one's not really slice of life. But like, if there's like a Mason Nikoku one, I'd be interested. Yeah, viewers, give us some good recs for J dramas. Uh, wait, I got one. If you like the Yu Hakusho live action, you should watch Around 40. And by that, I mean Around 40 is great. It has nothing to do with the Yu Hakusho live action. <laughs> if you like the if you like the Yu, Shou, Yu, Yu Hakusho live action, you should watch Enter the Dragon. The prototypical everyone gets on a boat to an island story. Yeah, to- totally. Apparently, there is a live action of Mason Ikoku. Um, it was, there's one movie that was released in 1986 and then a TV special released in 2000, two, yeah, 2007. Okay. What I'm hearing is we should watch the 1986 Japanese live action Mason Nikoku. <laughs> Hell yeah. Looked, that'd be fucking wild. <laughs> Let's do it. The last, the last 80s Japanese movie I saw was amazing. So what was it? Uh, Sweet Home. Oh, hell Yeah. Oh my god, season two though? Oh my god. We're talking about the old movie, the whole horror, horror movie. movie. Oh, because there's a sweet home Korean drama. Hey, drama. Yeah, hey, I've drama. heard of that one, and I'm wondering if they're related, but I doubt it. It's based, the Korean one's based off a of webtoon, and the second season isn't even based off the webtoon. It just went off the rails. I have opinions, but we'll see. Before. I, 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 I do want to watch it though. If you're, if you're telling me I should watch it, I'll definitely hella watch it. Watch the first season, second season, if you're bored. Okay. Nice. Will do. Okay, so back to the topic at hand. Um, You know, mm-hmm. I think we're mostly done talking about our thoughts, and, like, you know, we might do a, a season where we actually cover this in depth where we can talk about the manga uh, at some point. But if they were to do a second season, what would you want out of it? And, like, mm. let's say, okay, let's say what would you want out of it, but realistically, what do you think we'll get out of it? Because I think those are two separate things. Literally just do chapter black. You got you're pretty much perfectly set up for it. You can pretty much go right like the the ending of this one. It sets up perfectly with chapter black. Just do chapter black, summarize it, do whatever they need to do, and you're good. And then that's it. You don't have to do the last part of it. So chapter black over five episodes, or chapter black over how long? You thinking? Whatever they give him, I'll I'll take whatever I can get at this point. But if it's five episodes, I think they could pull it off. There's a lot they could cut and they could like summarize. So I think a five-season Chapter Black would work. I could definitely see Chapter Black working over five episodes, especially, like, honestly, my wish would be for the first half of the first episode to just be, like, a flashback of a bunch of cases that happen kind of, quote-unquote, off-screen. And so that's where you get the same beast. That's where you get a bunch of other random shit. It's just like, you skated hmm, this after yeah. the Yujiguro. Yeah, but like a funny like like montage of him like Yusuke got another job for you. You just see the Saint Beast and him being up a a, a bird. It's like Yusuke, yeah. I got another job for you, and it's like oh this this uh this spirit detective thing is sure a lot of hard work. That's true. You can bring back Rando and be like, hey, Rando's terrorizing like the local swimming pool, <laughs> or I don't know. <laughs> or Rando, Rando's a new bully at school and he's terrorizing the school population. You say he's got to find him. And he really loves his bird for some reason. I have wonder <laughs> if they would have to like change the story a lot so he's no longer in school. He's already at the point where he's running the ramen stand. Oh, that would be kind of fun. <laughs> that would be kind of great if it's just like, hey, you know, 
high school graduate but not in college yusuke working in a ramen stand as his day job waiting for tips for spirit detective shit that'd be kind of cool i honestly like i said i think there's a lot of good ways to do chapter black and then sure. they don't really need to because like i think after that they really can't do much with the three beasts or the, the three kings arc so you know how i was asking like what you guys want versus what you think you'll get what I'm worried about is they do a five episode chapter black plus the three kings arc. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. I, I if you do insist doing both arcs, I would say at least give them two more episodes. So you could do five episodes of chapter black and then two episodes of the Kings arc. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And also the moment everyone online was complaining like, wow, they only did, you know, Dark Term in two episodes, my selfish thought was like, oh, guess that means we have five episodes for Chapter Black. Hope you fucking <laughs> enjoy everyone who's fucking wrong thinking the Dark Tournament's better. Yeah, honest, honestly, though, for the tone, I, I, I'm kind of happy that they did the Dark Tournament the way they did. I know there's a lot of stuff that's missing, a lot of silliness, but I think mm -hmm. for the tone, I think they did a good job just keeping it team to core own team. Team Urameshi and just keeping it like a like a Saint Beast thing. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking like if there's any shows or movies that you guys watch that has a tournament set up, like how what did you think of it and how was it executed? So I I can't personally think of one. I've not seen a live action one with a tournament. Um usually it's I actually either a have movie one. or what is it? Uh Iron Chef. Uh, Cobra Kai, or, or was it, yeah, Cobra oh, Kai. Okay. Oh, yeah, tell, tell us about that. How did they weave into that? How'd they weave in and out of it? I mean, the whole thing was about saying for the tournament and stuff, and, like, the tournament was, like, the last, I think it was, like, one or two episodes, and, like, sort of, like, having, like, them having drama behind there, but to be fair, the show's kind of tone, a bit tonally different than New York show, a little bit, mm -hmm. but sure. I, I think, I think a lot of it's, like, the tournament, building up the tournament and the repercussions of the tournament. And I think it was pretty good. I really like Cobra Kai. Uh, excited for the new season whenever that drops. But I think the things that would make a tournament in the original design work would be like the shonen aspect, not of like, not, not about humor, but of like the sort of battle hungriness. Like, it, did it ever feel like Yusuke was battle hungry in this version the way he is in the anime? Because I didn't get that impression three episodes in. No, no. he it was more motivated by. I think wanting to protect people that he saw were in danger, like immediately. And then also, I'm also in danger, so I got to fight sort of thing. Very reactive. Yeah. Versus active. Yeah, this version of Yusuke feels like they subtracted the Goku parts of him. Yeah, honestly, I think, I think they actually had to have, they actually had to have, because I think they realized that. And they had, they had to have Elder Chigoro kidnap uh, Keiko to be able to you know, give him a reason to go on this boat, because otherwise it's like, uh, it's none of my business, dude. Yeah, it's interesting, because in the anime and manga, Yusuke is like considered like a, a martial arts and combat sports otaku, while in this version, it mm -hmm. seems like he really is good at fighting, and it's something he like crafted, but there's not an indication that he loves it. No, he seems kind of like just a typical student that just wants to live his life, and like just gets into fights like once in a while with his quote-unquote rival. Yeah, I wonder if they're... I do. It just occurred to me if they do Chapter Black, even if they don't do the Three Kings arc, they're gonna have to fucking reveal the demon thing. And like they've already set it up by being like, there was a bear, there used to be a connection between the two worlds. Yeah, I think they could easily do that where it's like he does reveal the demon thing at the end to get that power glow up, and then it's like, 
he talks to his father, and that way it could be like like the thing was like, oh, if it ends right here, it's not a big deal, or if it, if it continues, we have something to build up to. Yo, you know who I want to play his father? I mean, you know who I want to play Ryzen? Who? Oh. The original voice actor. That'd be kind of mm. cool. That'd be mm. sick. Yeah, speaking of voice actors, though, I actually learned that the in the dub, the voice actor for Younger Tagoro is actually uh, Keith Silver Silverman, I think is his name. They got voices uh, Hisoka and Hunter Hunter. Yeah, apparently many of the voice cast use some of the old people, like uh, that same person who wrote in about the Filipino cast, about the Filipino dub, mm-hmm. was talking about how some of the voice actors are the same from the old Filipino dub, but now they have much better mics because back in the day they fucking sucked. That's good. Because yeah. I think I already saw painting about how in the English dub, a lot of the original actors didn't return, and then someone else commented it's likely because they were non-union, like the Virgil Funimation cast. Oh, yeah. Funimation, versus maybe. like here they had to use the SAG members. Um, but I also noticed that maybe it's a coincidence or maybe this is like Netflix's kind of go-to that the entire cast for the English dub were of Asian American descent. I think oh, that's cool. I think maybe one person I wasn't ready to look it up, but I thought that was a good detail. I think I also noticed the same thing with the Squid Game dub as well. So I wonder yep. if that's something that they prioritize and they just kind of reuse the same actors if needed. Yeah, I think that I think that there's been a big push in the voice acting industry to voice the character that you you mix with you, that you match with eth- ethnically, in terms of like having having a. Having a person of color vo- be voiced by a person of color and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I think they kept race wise, but I think ethnicity. Yeah. <laughs> the important part is they're not giving it to. <laughs> I'm not finishing that sentence. Carl Johansson. Aquafina. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I saw an Aquafina movie I liked recently and I was like, God damn it. <laughs> was it Chang oh, the one with Sandra O, too? Quiz, Quiz Lady. Yeah, yeah, Quiz Lady. I just think with her, if she just just apologized and then went by Nora Lum, she could just move on. <laughs> yeah, she she didn't do the voice in this. She definitely plays like this weird straight lace character. Oh, she does give a serious role, I will admit. I'll have to yeah. check it out. I actually don't mind her too much, so. Yeah, let's not get into the details of that right now. Um <laughs> But yeah, I think that's pretty much uh, what we had to say about the episode. Um, I was going to toot my own horn about like, I think they, you know, like, because when we did predictions about how they would summarize the series, I think I mostly got it right. Um, There's definitely, listeners go back and listen because you'll have just listened to it. So it's definitely possible that I'm full of shit. But I remember being like, I think they're going to cut this out, this out. And then like, I definitely see Tarukane in the trailer. um, And like, because I was like, there's a guy in a pink suit. Who the fuck else is that going to be? And just like stuff like that. So, um, you know, listeners, tell me if I was wrong. I mean, I probably was. But, uh, you know, I'd, it'd be nice to hear either way. Yeah, there is one thing I want to bring up real quick before we go. Is that there was actually a funny nod to the Tagoro fake-out fight. Where where basically the whole thing is like, oh yeah, like when... Because, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, 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 Koenma, like, confronts uh, San- Sanyo. Sakyo. And he's like, huh? Are you talking about Sakyo? Sakyo, yeah. Confronts him and he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, originally I was going to have to grow, throw the fight, but now the stakes are higher. If he loses, I'll kill myself. If he, win, if he wins, I get to keep this machine going. 
So it's kind of interesting. I like the I like the nod to. No one brought it up. I saw that it was kind of a funny nod no, to the original kind of, one. That's kind of great. I didn't see it, but that's awesome. It's at it's at it's like on the last episode, but you'll see it. But yeah, that's oh, about so it for me. I remember in the trailer I saw Kyren. Is Kyren shown in a flashback? Since Kyren again, oh, man, Kyren is the me. demon that whose parts were harvested to make Tugaro to make the two Tugaro brothers. He is, but he's shown a weird way where where it's it's him eating one of the one of the students that Tugaro is with. No, that's what I mean. That like so it's only implied that Tuguro the Tuguro brothers are made from him. Like that's only implied. But he I has I think the they powers. do explain that. I think so. Do they do they explain that bit? In the anime it's not explained. They're just like, I wanted to become the strongest class of demon and like at the time Chiron was the strongest demon in the human world. I think they just implied it, but I think they did explain a little bit. Sarah could nice. would probably know better than I did because I think I I looked away during that part, but I believe so. They did have a mention of him, or at least him eating, like, the students at the dojo that him and Ginkai were at. Yeah, I, I gotta finish it. It does seem so fucking weird to me that they backloaded all of this, like, relationship ship with them after she's already dead. That's just structurally such a weird choice. Yeah, because it almost seems just like, oh, wow, he's, well, like, why her? Like, what's the background here? Yeah, maybe they just want to uh, do, like, a little, like, plot twist moment. Um, and leave the audience in suspect for dramatics. You feel like it cut the emotional um, aspect to it, which is a shame because I felt like in the anime, that was probably one of the more complex, but also deep relationships in the series. For sure. Um, I also thought it was interesting how, you remember how Genkai gives Yusuke that speech as she dies in the original about like, no one can be a one man show. Don't shoot, don't sacrifice the things you care about in order to become strong. She gives that speech before giving him the spirit orb, and like, I w if I was Yusuke, I'd just be like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Yeah, fair though. I think after all the shit he's been through, I don't think he's he's ready to question anything. Uh, yeah, I, gu I guess like it still makes sense him her saying it to him, but like I'm just imagining him being like, "You've been thinking about this for 50 years, haven't you? What's up with that?" And she's like, "Nothing." <laughs> Weird. You, you really had this uh, monologue prepared, huh? Almost like you're supposed to give it to a different person. Almost like you're supposed to give it in a different context from a different person. Nah, it definitely was him all along. Nobody else. But yeah, um, do you guys have any final thoughts or should we just uh, end it? Bad series. Just joking, it was really good. Yeah, I'm excited to finish it. Yeah, me too. Me yeah, too. me too. Wait. Oh, you're excited to rewatch it because you rushed the last two. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need to rewatch it again. Nice. I'm very curious to see how Yoko looks, just because, like, I'm like, man, this could look bad, but we'll see. You'll be pleasantly surprised or unpleasantly surprised. Nice. Well, uh, thank you everyone for listening to the show. I don't have the normal uh, write up that we have here, but uh, if you've made it to this point, uh, you definitely put up with uh, our rhetorical stylings. And for that, we very much appreciate you. We hope that you enjoyed the show. And uh, I'll save you the normal speech because you know all that shit. I say it all the time. You probably haven't memorized yourself. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but thanks for listening. Talk to you later. Bye. Later. Bye.